0: Higher, higher, baby Can you feel it, feel, it, feel it? Can you feel the same way God, sound it, so high that I I'm so high We're gonna make it up that soda, way Roma, let's go, yeah. I've been high since the last song oh. la, 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 la. And i just been smoking and smoking And i been smoking if everybody
1: took a break we all just get wasted
0: oh good afternoon you're listening to Candaous Corner on WnhOP 103.5 FM. Broadcasting live from downtown New Haven. We are streaming live on TuneIn Radio and NewhavenIndependent.org. We're also streaming live video on Facebook and YouTube. Just go to your Facebook page and look us up or hit see first to hear all and hear, see, and hear all the great programs on WNHHLP 103.5 FM. And just a reminder, Cannabis Corner is also streaming live on Green Haven Media Facebook and ProCannabisMedia.com. Okay, welcome everybody. It is Monday. Welcome to Cannabis Corner. It's Monday, January the 29th, 2024. I am your host, Joe Chance, Joe the Weed Guy, and I am joined here by my inimitable host, (laughs) co-host, Uncle Lou, Farmer Lou, Lou Vega. How are you today, Lou?
1: How's it going, good brother? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. The sun is shining, so that's I guess that's the brightest part of it. Um, We did not get all the snow that they were predicting, so I'm a little excited about that. Joe, you know, it's, uh, it's been a tough couple of months and everything as we talk about it all the time. But every time we come on here, I get another ray of sunshine, in all honesty, and I get excited to talk about things. It actually starts my week off on a, such a high note to be able to come on, share some information, um, talk to the community, talk to the professionals in the space. This is, uh, this is a good time. And there's not very many other public access uh programs out there that do what we do in the cannabis space you know i'm really looking forward to that expanding in the future and the amount of great people that have started to really show their show their talents out in our community here in connecticut and beyond um you know we're gonna we're gonna talk to another great guest today on the legal side of things so having a lawyer on is pretty dope joe other than that how have you been my brother
0: Oh, I'm doing good, Uncle Lou. I had a nice weekend, and I, too, am very happy the snow did not come. Um, but, yeah, I enjoyed myself. I went to the Burn and Learn Center, picked up a couple of cool items that they have over there. By the way, we will be here this Wednesday night uh, for that big event. But I picked up this. Look at this. This is a pen, right? Writes and everything. Look at that. It has the thing. Yeah. Right. But... It is one of
1: those discrete consumption (laughs) methods. And you know what? Big shout out to the Burn and Learn Center because they have been a beacon of education in the community. They really do have a really great place with a ton of great accessories, with a space on most nights to come in and enjoy a mocktail or play some pool. And yep,
0: that's exactly what I'm
1: talking about right
0: there, brother. Look at this thing, man. It's a cone filler, 3D printed by a man in the community. Lives right in Milford. It's called the Conezilla. These are some of the things you can get down there. They got cool stuff.
1: You know, (laughs) it's it's good people doing good things. And let's remember the Burning Lawrence Center is a religious outlet as well.
0: Yeah. And they do services every Sunday. I'm going to be speaking there soon. Um,
1: And this is, you know, not to, I don't want anybody to think that it's a mockery of anything, but Joe is ordained, right? If I'm not wrong. Yes, yes.
0: (laughs) Yes, I am.
1: You know, Joe's ordained, and the location is. i uh,
0: getting a knock on the door. Well, all right, I'll let you do your thing. I'm going to introduce our co-host in the corner, Kristen Souza. How are, Sousa, How what? are you of Sugar Leaf Boutique? And uh, Sugar Leaf, unfortunately, will be closing on wednesday and uh Kristen, i want to welcome you you uh are here on cannabis corner and thank you for making it i know you got a lot of stuff going on
2: I what's wouldn't going miss on it. in
0: your corner
2: no things are good um yeah you know it's same here i'm like looking out the window and i would have been yeah i don't like the snow and my car needs some new tires so i was very happy about all that kind of a low weekend as far as like going out or doing anything. but like you said, my store is wrapping up, so I've just been moving things and you know packing up stuff. but I have to say the community is great. A lot of people have swung through and and you know, either picked up a few fixtures. Uh, you know, an old friend of mine came through and bought, I think 37 candles from me. I mean, people oh. are really like helping, you know, the Connecticut guys helped and took back anything that I had remaining of theirs. So everyone's really like come through in ways that I didn't expect or ask. So that's been pretty dope. I, I gotta be honest.
0: Excellent. Um, I hope you yeah. got rid of those fixtures. Anybody out there with the store? I mean like that, if you have a few fixtures left, if you did you have a few left,
2: uh, the main thing that I have left, and I'm kind of surprised, it's a large wooden glass display cabinet. Um, those are actually really expensive and a total pain to get shipped to you. I know because yes. when I looked, oh, wow. you have to pay the freight charges as well because of how big they are. Yes. So, you know, the case itself was far lower quality. I think it was like eight or $900. And then I was going to have to pay another four for the freight shipping. And so, I mean, this case brand new was almost $2,000 and I'm letting it go for uh, $400. So if anybody that, wants man. it, invest man. in it, man. Take it. There you it go. Bakery, smoke shop, you know, whatever.
0: Check with the Burn and Learn Center. Maybe they would like it.
1: You know, that's a big piece, and it's a nice piece. I've seen it. I know the one that Joe inherited from me. Yes. They, I paid like $500 for that, and it was a super simple, not even made as nice as yours and as name brand as yours is either. So that was something that uh if somebody was yes. around, it'd be a nice thing to help support somebody who's in the community and really pushing forward and making sure that another piece of item doesn't end up in the landfill someplace. You know what I mean? And you know, exactly. Kristen,
0: if worse comes to worse, and since you are a business, you can donate it and take a tax deduction.
2: You know <laughs> so, what? That so- <laughs> is actually
0: very if you donate to a nonprofit. But speaking of nonprofits and the burn and learn, what is going on this week out there in the community?
2: There is a bunch of stuff and good way that you, you know, good segue with burn and learn because they are involved in a couple of things. Um, they're involved in a lot of things actually almost every day, but, um, what they have going on. Um, so obviously on Wednesday, we are doing the let's talk about weed as medicine event. So Joe is hosting that burn and learn is, um,
1: Cannabis Provided
2: Corner out. Radio
0: is yes. hosting it. I just happen to be the guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Rephrase that. Um, yeah, so it'll be there. Uh, Burn and Learn is allowing us to use their space and partnering with us on that. So that's a collaboration with them. And our speakers are um Lisa Capitani, Aaron Doolittle, um, Misha Boyd, um Uzmazak
0: here. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Uzma and then um, Michelle sally Vale from uh, Advanced Ballet, Telemedicine. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so five great, great speakers. Um, should be a really good time, and I'm seeing a lot of interest in it. So I'm, I'm thinking we'll have yeah. a really good turnout for that, which is really exciting.
0: It's all over our social media. Make sure you register. We want to get as many people in there as possible. It's a great way for the community to get together and learn about cannabis and other plant medicines. Really going to be good. So many, so many great minds getting together on that. one.
2: Exactly. I think that's, what's really cool about it. It's a lot of, you know, a lot of different people collaborating and those are always the best because you've just got like everyone's, everyone's brain in there. Um, Another thing that's starting, it's actually starting up tonight is the first night. It's Let's Bake and Bowl, and that's at Bolero in Milford. Um, So Burn and Learn will have a heated consumption tent out in the parking lot. They are sponsoring in that capacity. Um, And it's for eight weeks, four bowlers per team, $15 each. It includes the shoes. So it's kind of, uh, you know, no skill required kind of bowling event yes. we we'll call it competition because obviously day,
0: but... if everybody's consuming it it will make for some interesting game.
2: Yeah it, for sure. Well, so that's
1: good. You know it's once again highlighting that that idea that we can we are normal people, we are consumers, <laughs> we are people that support our communities and we love spending our money where they have no problems about us enjoying or vibing. You know, there's gonna be plenty of people enjoying their bar. We are not most of us are not the people that want to enjoy the bar at times. So I'm not shaming anybody. I enjoy a drink from here and there, but you know, it's uh, enjoy your time. But I'm going to probably be the guy who smokes a a joint or a blunt before I go in to do something like that. And it's nice to know I won't be the only one.
0: I also want to give a shout out to Bolero for sponsoring this event and and having a tent in the back for consumption. You mm-hmm. know, we, you know, Burn and Learn is great that they thought about this and partnered up with Bolero. And I got to give Bolero some credit too for allowing it. You know, any venue that brings us in and welcomes us and allows us to do our thing, big shout outs to them. Hey, 100%. The money it's a
1: business, it's a like smart business decision
0: to invite yes. another community. Yeah, right.
2: And I have to say, I've enjoyed seeing uh, over the past two years because I opened my store coincidentally right at the point where adult use became legal. So I had, you know, a, a mission to try to bring in like what I called mainstream businesses, you know, like bakeries, bowling alleys, things like that, and not always collaborate with other cannabis businesses, but try to get them more like main street. There was a lot of resistance at first. And and now, you know, over six months, a year, two years in, you're seeing things like bowling alleys and bakeries and breweries. And it's kind of it's refreshing, I have to say. I think there was some hesitancy from people that weren't already immersed in the community and, and that whole breaking the stigma. And, you know, like Lou was saying, we're just normal people that are going out. We're not going to cause a ruckus. And we're typically far more tame than the drinking crowd. Um, true, so, true. yeah, it's been been pretty cool to see. I know, like, in, you know, in Massachusetts and out west, it's very common, but here, not so much. Like New England's a little funky sometimes.
3: The
0: land of steady habits.
2: Yeah, for
1: sure. You no, know, and we're right. not inside the bowling alley. You know, it's an yeah. outside. It's. I look forward to how many people I hear friends talk about playing golf all the time and partaking in their vape pen or joint or something and hiding it. I look forward to when maybe one of the great, uh one of the many
0: golf ranges or anything open wow. up the
1: of, you know what i mean so
0: anybody out there who's golf oriented we're throwing an I, idea I out there at Chip. Out
1: exactly exactly and <laughs> that's what's gonna happen we got bowling what's the next thing mini golf might be the next
0: thing How karaoke many you- we can do a
1: lot of there's look yeah. this
0: is it we our community cannabis fits with everything
1: mm-hmm.
0: we also got some mushrooms
1: are starting to go under that we could probably use them some uh some support
0: from different communities, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: What else we got, Kristen?
2: What else do we have? Um
0: We got some mushroom stuff, all right?
2: There were some things, but I believe Trip sitting. You know what? There's mushrooms and meditation. Um, so that's on February 3rd at Wholeness House. So Erin Doolittle will be hosting that and it's learning how mushrooms and meditation can help you um, from trauma and things of that nature. Um, So each session is $50. It'll be at Wholeness House. And that's going to begin on, um, like I said, February 3rd. And Holly B. Healing, Holly Broderick, she's involved in that as well with the meditation piece. Doesn't
0: Kanisha
2: have an event too? she sure does hers is a little later so she's doing something on february 12th um boyd of quality counseling healing she's doing um i'm sorry quality counseling she's doing a free webinar on healing ptsd stress and trauma using cannabis um, so you can go to her website, LLC.com. You can also go to her Instagram, and she's got a sign-up link in her bio and in her stories. Um, that's a really good thing to take advantage of. She's very smart. I think that's a really interesting topic. It's free education, so take advantage of that.
0: Isn't you know, there something about trip-sitting or something, a Zoom meeting from the uh, psychedelic... Uh... I think unless i'm missing Thursday. a new
2: one there was one on the 25th so i don't know if they're having another but they did have one a couple of days ago which was exactly that trip sitting 101 um but oh, they that did was okay. last week yeah so.
1: Okay. so this is these are those really cool events that i'm enjoying Those ed- educational sessions and you know what i went to an interesting event this weekend at Conbud in Ooh. new york city which is a one of the um social equity Locations that opened up, and it was chess and burn. So it was about chess, literally the the art of playing the game, chess, the board game, chess, strategy. Introduction to chess. It was about four and a half hours. You know, there was a small initial greeting, then it was speaking with the with the group that was there to help teach chess for individuals that might be interested in in it, and it was run by a group of of individuals. That from Brooklyn, um, and this was in Manhattan, so it was. It's that New York vibe of bringing chess to the places we are. So if you ever walk through Washington Square Park or any of the uh, larger city parks in Manhattan during the summer or spring or fall, mm-hmm. you know you can literally see guys playing chess right on the on the tables there, and it's something that that has been age old and is. It doesn't change, you know, or oh, everybody enjoys cannabis. And it's not just the same thing like um, you know, sitting and just burning and telling jokes and giving the the, the stigma that we're the lazy stoners. But these are those like this event, you know, the Kazha, Aaron, um what uh, nurse Lisa did and chess and coding. There's an event that goes on in Massachusetts for coders. So they do it hacking a hackathon. Which they code while smoking weed, and um, it's a pretty we, interesting thing,
0: you know. I know so. Burn and Learn was talking about a pool tournament. Um, so yeah. there's all kinds of things that we can do, you know. I, my mind will start going everywhere, you know. But you're right; you can cannabis cruises, right? Cannabis tourism. Yeah, tons, tons, tons. We've only just you guys scratched are out there the surface. Doing those
1: things, email us, let us know you're doing them, and we'll share them. Kristen will be the one to let everyone know.
0: That's right.
2: I will announce it from the corner.
0: All right, Kristen. Thank you from ha- for uh, hanging out in the corner. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I live here now. Um, And uh, thanks for all the great info. Always keep informed by uh, checking us out on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and all those places, Greenhaven Media, Cannabis Corner Radio. All right. I see our guest is here. So, um, I'm going to introduce her right now. So, with us on the line, we have somebody who's uh, a great friend of the cannabis industry, Ms. Erin Gorman-Kirk. And Erin Gorman-Kirk is co-founder of Cannabis Government Strategies, providing expert strate- strategic advice on state and federal cannabis hemp policy issues. A lifelong champion for the underserved, under police. Overpoliced and neglected members of society, Aaron has worked decades on achieving cannabis reform, repairing community damage, promoting social justice and securing equity for those harmed by the racist, classist war on drugs. Well said. With a background in international government relations, maritime and law, Aaron has worked around the globe for nonprofits, nations and NGOs. She's a fierce veterans advocate who believes that cannabis and CBD solutions could alleviate many of our social, societal, physical, and mental health-related issues. A leader, a teacher, and a helper, Aaron does a great deal of pro bono work in the field and is a well-respected strategist with innovative ideas and and, yes, I can attest to this, a dynamic personality how are you today, Aaron? And don't forget to unmute. There you go.
3: I'm great. I don't know who wrote that, but that was great. I think my friend <laughs> Kristen wrote that, right? <laughs> Hashtag besties. Yes, uh, being letting me be in this esteemed company, Mr. Vega, especially. I'm just very excited to be here.
0: Uh, I too- <laughs> well, I hope you're not too excited.
3: I mean, you know, Joe, you <laughs> we and I. Enjoying on- you. Thank you so much.
1: I, I i'm talk very on the excited to have,
3: have you here. my guy he's my guy for years and years you know i'm loose fan club president i did not disclose <laughs> but i
0: was oh man oh, i love you I'm, so I'm the much. the uh, vice president that's
3: but... compared to oh, me texted four in the morning oh anyway moving on
0: <laughs> anyway aaron um i forgot to mention in your intro but you are also the uh legal counsel for the ccsba Uh, which is the Connecticut Small Business Alliance, of which Kristen and I are both members of the board. And it's something that I believe in. And I think after a little bit of a rocky start is finally coming together. We're getting the leadership groups together and uh, uh, defining a focus. So I think uh, we're on the right track with the CCSBA and anybody who would like to join Uh, Please check it out on Facebook, Connecticut Small Business Alliance or Instagram, or we have a website as well. Uh, So, yeah, check us out. We're trying to fight for the rights of the Connecticut small business owner. And thank you, Aaron, for doing some of that pro bono work you spoke about in your intro.
3: (laughs) Well, I want to clarify, I'm not born in Connecticut, so I'm acting as an advisor. Right. Um, but I do, you know, come from a legal background. I come from a business background, and uh, despite a lot of the great stuff going on, I do see that the small businesses need to get a bigger voice, and you know, have a little mm-hmm. bit been left behind. And so, yeah. I'm happy to help with the legislative end and the interpretation of some of the possible regs in our short upcoming session. Oh, see where we want to be, um, and have our voices heard because, you know, the small business alliance. Charges, I think twenty five dollars to join. So it really is the voice of the yeah, everyman. Yeah. And right now we're kind of getting up and running. So if you can't even join because the money is a barrier, let us know. Because that's never yeah. about what we're about. But um scholarships. Scholarships, yeah. <laughs> And I mean there's there's gonna be a short session. It's February seventh to May eighth, I think. Yes. And um I've been seeing a few things that have already circulated. I don't know if you guys have I
0: wanna talk about one of those show. things. Um, especially that struck me, um, which is this T H C Seltzer. Okay. Um uh, there's can been an there, article. Though? What's that, Lou? The color of your can. I I know, you can't see it, but it's called Rebel Rabbit. I don't want to turn off my green screen. I don't want you seeing what's behind me. (laughs) Anyway, it's called Rebel Rabbit. It is a high seltzer. It's called five milligrams THC. On the back, it says in this can here, which is, I don't know how many ounces, 12 ounces, that there are five servings in this can. (laughs) So technically it... Fits in with the Connecticut brand new regulations on CBD and Delta 8 THC or any type of THC um, being um, one milligram per serving. So tell me, how are they getting away with this? And I know that Mike D'Agostino has already put out a statement saying, oh, yeah. Well, guess what? We're going to redefine it even more this session. So tell us, what have you heard about this? How they getting away with it? And as a matter of fact, since I have this can, and I will be going on the air with Chaz and AJ tomorrow to talk about this publicly, as well as another thing we're going to talk about. But uh, it's called Rebel Rabbit High Seltzer. So let's give it a try.
1: Let me cool.
0: You see. know,
1: what that is, is another... Push and attempt from companies from other states breaking in into the.
0: Yes, it is another state.
1: Because they all these are coming from out of state. They're out yes. of state have companies that create With products. that lawyers, of, huh?
3: With good lawyers, I mean, bang! Hey, I've seen a few cans that have two servings, five servings. Play yeah. the game. I kind of love that they're playing the game. I th- I wish the Connecticut CBD numbers.
0: producers had thought of
3: this. Well, some of them <laughs> did. Some of them did. And I tell you, it's a shame because Lou's right. It's all this out-of-state. All the out-of-state players are coming in in the game in the system. And, you know, we're playing by the rules. It's a shame because that is legally, by the law, allowed now the other thing is it's too bad that everybody publicized it because we were like yeah i know i was saying that. and you know at expo Canada last year there were a couple of hemp guys um you know i know there are people that would have come in and that we're seeing this and ready to rock and so it's too bad that the title was pressed because now even in the short session where we've been told nothing will come out unless it comes out of committee so you gotta pass yourself to a bill that comes out of committee no standalones uh, no request for financing type thing. And they're going to stop everything and worry about this. It's, it's you know, I hope we can prevail that there are more important things to deal with right now, except unless you want to say only in-state people can do that. But, you know, you'd have your constitutional challenges. You know, it's, and it's
1: tough because then it takes it out of it because now that's a legal product. So now it's just up to good business, ultimately. Mm-hmm. A canning line is expensive. Those custom-made bottles, those custom-made cans are expensive. You have to now be able to sell thousands and thousands of cases
0: because a short run, Joe, would that can cost you? Uh, I paid $16 for a four pack. They don't sell singles, So four bucks a can. So that means that their store is at least paying $8
1: a case. So they're at least paying $2 a can, you know, and to produce it at that price, you have to run thousands and thousands of cans because if not, the price points would just be astronomical, realistically. It would put it at the same bottling cost as um, liquid death, the water. It put it at the same bottling cost as the can IPAs. <laughs> but that's what makes it hard because us smaller companies that are doing it locally just can't compete. And this isn't even in hemp or anything else. It's those small companies just can't do limited runs. You have to buy so much equipment or you're doing a limited run through an established canner, so now you're doing it as a partnership. And and it's it's tough, just this is a small business issue as much as a legislative cannabis hemp issue, you know?
0: Yeah, no, there was a Harbor Hemp Company was putting out some CBD sodas. Yeah. <clears throat> and I believe that they had to, when they changed the law, like waste product or, you know, get rid of it elsewhere, but they had to change the whole formulation And this would have been something that could have helped
3: them change the serving size. (laughs) For sure, because when I was up in Stonington and Mystic, I went to a bunch of farms that had always had these drinks, and they didn't have them this year. A couple maybe leftovers, but definitely people, I mean, Chris, could certainly speak to this. It's just been a little bit arbitrary and capricious as to how this law has been even made and then implemented. And then you have all these external guys coming in and you know making all the cake. It's very frustrating for those of us who really you know, tried to do the right thing.
0: Yeah, it you seems know. like to me, and and that the state has is on the war path for anything THC, like they want to control every bit of the THC market with what they just did, with what Tong just did, with this now, Mike, D- what they did last session was egregious. And then now Mike D'Agostino coming out and say, oh, yeah, we're going to do even more now. You think you're going to get away with it? You know, it's like they're almost on the war path. To- it's
1: definitely a war path
0: thing, you know, as they challenge, they push back and it's it's tough, you know. It's become like that, you know, it's too bad. But you know, Why can't we all just have- get along?
3: It's one damn plant, but the other thing is, you know, the one milligram gummy restriction, which is what the reason the hell? everyone. You know how
0: many gummies you got to eat? You're gonna have people overdose on that sugar.
3: Well, well, that is definitely a problem for the veterans with whom I deal. I got a 96 year old Korean War veteran with Parkinson's, and he can't get what he needs here. And I'm all about patience and caregiving, and I think that's where the focus should be right now. I mean, honestly, if I'm going to drink a hemp drink and I'm going to see that it's four servings, I'm going to maybe take a minute the first time I have it. And then the second time I'm going to be like, are you kidding me? It's water. But anyway. Um, but well, seriously I already had me,
0: about two servings of this. So You
3: know, but there's nothing wrong with saying this candy bar has three servings. I see it all the time. So why can't yeah. they say this is five servings? I just don't think it's where we should be spending our time. When we have medical sales, the peak in 2023 was February. It, yes. You should see the chart even on the ct.gov site. It's it's a red line going down. And our adult use sales continue to go up, but our medical are down because everyone continues to drive to other states. And by the way, don't try and stop that and recriminalize that behavior. Let people get the medicine they that, need. Yeah. But I, on the other they're hand. They're almost
0: on the verge of recriminalizing fill
3: it. Fill the gaps here. There are a lot of ways. That's
0: <laughs> the next thing I want to talk about.
3: Go ahead. You go, brother.
0: The shortages. Uh, I finally saw two articles today. um, Came out. One was on CT Insider. uh, Showing the shortages that have been happening in the dispensaries over the last couple of months. Part of the reason the medical sales have gone down is because there's nothing for them to buy. So...
1: I as as somebody who has a license and can't get an answer from the dcp or the social equity committee for almost two months like the only thing that i've gotten and i've sent emails and this is something i have a provisional license and i can't get a response from anybody and that's one of the hardest things that's going through they're not communicating they're not getting through they're not they're not pushing anything forward and all you're seeing Is the established producers opening more and more retail spots? Right. Spots are now being streamlined from their growth. So, any of the independents who, the one or two individuals who came from the lottery or the actual small social equity um, purveyors, we're not getting any access to anything. And December 8th was the last update. That was the last email I could get back. They're like, well, you submitted December 8th. We can't tell you anything else other than that.
3: What are you December trying to find eight, out, Lou? What answers? You- I don't ridiculous. know if you want to say, but what answers are you looking for? It's just
1: just procedural things to try to get our licenses opened up, and it's like, well, we don't talk about it until it's completely done, and you know, and this is where these shortages are coming from. We're right. having shortcomings on the social equity side, shortcomings on the DC- DC- DCP side. The the leader of the DCP is an industry plant, ultimately the SEC, the, the SEC, the social equity committee is, and and people get mad, I'll say it, but I'm in the game and I'm 100% upset. Well, they're understaffed,
3: no, they're, they're drastically understaffed. And you, you know, know what I mean?
1: And then it's, it's turnover over turnover over turnover. Yeah. I had one thing I that know. was going through that, oh, the general counsel is handling it. Oh, we no longer have general counsel. Now we have a paralegal doing something. Oh. That paralegal is not doing it anymore, so it's working through the attorney general's office. The attorney general's office is too busy trying to fight at the... The the (laughs) the The high bazaars, right? (laughs) Then it's, oh, well, we're going to give it to Cohen Resnick, the accounting firm. What's the accounting firm supposed to do? I need an answer from the Social Equity Committee or the Department of Consumer Protection to move things forward. And then I need an answer on why it's taking two months to go through things. Like, this is what... Is creating a lot of these things. And yeah, there's a shortage because the established players are completely streamlining their own stuff into their own spaces. And they are either inadvertently, but definitely to the advantage of the established players being mm. helped by not getting anybody else open. Yeah. I just want to be able to open up and grow so that I can start supplying
3: flowers. I'm and smelling a conspiracy. Well, where I would like me. to say that, that <laughs> Lou, I'm I want, I'm glad you said that because I feel like that is the response to the folks that are saying, and, you know, I understand where they're coming from. But I think you are standing on firmer ground as to why 149ers are opening retail before they're putting seeds in the ground. My, I have a bunch of things to say on that. Number one is we've had such municipal pushback that most of my clients yeah. couldn't even grow where they wanted to if they wanted to. Number two is a matter of social policy. I don't know why we are forcing social equity individuals who by definition were traumatized by where they lived or came from or were educated to now go back to the source of that trauma and that is the only place they can do business. I understand they want tax dollars and impact and there's a lot of great reasons uplifting communities, but at the same time, somebody like Lou is now re-traumatized by what's going on in, in the, is, to get his legitimate yeah. licenses up and running in two different municipalities, if not three. And I am well, not an attorney, but I read the papers. Because
1: I was arrested in that town a couple of times. You know what yeah. I mean? So that comes up. Yeah, You know, oh, you want to grow cannabis in our town, but weren't you arrested for growing
3: cannabis in our town? <laughs> This is exactly what I mean, yes. Yeah, I want to make it up to
0: to you. I want to give you some money back.
3: (laughs) We're trying to let you in because that was a mistake we made and have acknowledged that mistake legislatively, mostly socially, certainly not fully politically. Legislatively, we've done something. And now, you know, Jersey's got people suing municipalities or they're saying to the legislature, you passed a law and now you've put all the power in the hands of municipalities and they're mm-hmm. shutting us out that's not your intent and by the way you've ceded your legislative power you can't do it i don't know how that's going to go because towns and municipalities of course have certain powers and in connecticut <laughs> there's no county structure so our towns and municipalities are wholly powerful on their own they don't yeah. have to answer until the state government level there's no intermediary but it's just been it's been difficult and i've had clients that now have their their you know, their financial backers have failed because it's taken so long. Yep. Municipality after municipality has done the NIMBY number. You know, whenever I go to a zoning. Lou thing, had that
0: I, done to him. I,
3: oh well, and I did an analysis. He did not ask me, but I did an analysis anyway um, on crime rates go down when you put a dispensary. Nobody's selling on the corner now because the dispensary is <laughs> going to kick their ass. Housing prices go up because of surrounding security. The average price of a purchase at a liquor store is six is $7.68. average purchase price at a dispensary is $150. I mean, you want to talk about class of people, which is what is utilized against consumers. I'm sorry. You know, we have a NIPs problem in the state of Connecticut to the extent that we pay municipalities hundreds of thousands of dollars in refunds because NIP bottles are left all over the streets so and we have to pick them up. Why are we making it so hard and so uneven for us to open a cannabis shop to provide medical and adult or both usage? Just like Luke And the people that are saying, we don't want you to open your dispensaries are the same ones that already have more than one dispensary. gotten first market advantage by virtue of either being medical or coming in hot in the fourth medical split. And, you know, we know who the players are and we work with them and we like them. They're not sharing anything you know we have to make our own table and cook our own food over here because they're not inviting us
0: to the table yeah that's what it comes down to we have to make our own table you're exactly right exactly so burn and learn's right. about
3: i think i've heard about burn and learn I feel like burn and makes-
0: learn and ccsba that's what this is about and this is what this radio show was about building our own table i mean we have to because you're right theirs is made of gold
3: <laughs> or it costs cost we're there cheese. eating
0: filet mignon and we're eating pork and beans what do you, you know I mean I like up. pork and beans Joe hey,
3: I like a good pork and beans I must say
0: <laughs> you know
1: and that's the idea it's okay understanding that we're not looking to be the largest structures in all the world we're not looking to be the skyscrapers like we are happy being mom and pop stops and yeah. happy being one offs and you know I'm not I just want to be able to open up my facility, open up my what I have for myself and for my team and my community and the individuals, my family. I'm not looking to take over the whole the whole run of it, you know. God bless everybody that's done everything they, they've done. But, you know, if you look at Cureleaf, Cureleaf has how many locations now under a different name, you know. Yep. They if I'm not wrong, you know. We look at Fine Fettle, which is a – community-run, you know, open their local Connecticut, which has, you know, blessings that they've grown into a large multi-state operator who does have, you know, that financial prowess to be able to do the things that they're doing and apply in all the states that they're applying in. And, they, you know, they have a very regional presence as they continue to stretch up and down the East Coast. But they're in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, you know, and, you know, they're applied in Maryland, Georgia, Alabama. Mm -hmm. These are these this isn't no longer a, you know, the local community spot. And if their interests are aligned with what the community is looking for, or their interests are not Fine Federal specifically, but the organizations that all came in through that. You know, those 19 dispensaries that were there, the 18 dispensaries that were here before adult use came in had a lot of a lot of the market share, that first mover advantage, the financial backing behind it with prices, you know, are what happens when everybody opens up because if I'm able to do a great greenhouse crop at a very low price, because, you know, it costs $400 to build out a square foot, you know, at 150 square foot, you know, 150,000 square feet, you know, it's a lot of money versus a greenhouse grow that if done correctly, can yield some good processed product or it's not going to be completely crap, but sun grown is very popular on the West coast as well in Colorado these products cost anywhere from five to forty dollars to set up per square foot versus the 400 and 450 400 500 square foot set up in such a large scale you know so what we need to do is just be able to get these facilities open so that we can get the medicine out there and get it at a cost-effective price because we've seen some great sun-grown flower on the west coast that we can definitely get in and start moving at a super cost-effective price if done well on the East Coast here. You know, we get a couple great harvests of some great sun-grown, grown grown in their individual pots, individual irrigation, manicured the way that they need to be manicured, and now you're getting a pound to two pounds off of every one of those plants instead of a quarter pound on the indoor scale. You're able to sell that that, that product at a much reasonable price point and have it accessible by so many other people.
0: You know, Connecticut doesn't think that way though. Nope. I don't know why. They just think small, uh, the land of steady habits. (laughs) And they seem to be just very greedy. That's no better word, greedy. And they're easily manipulated.
3: I think we've got some killer growers here. I mean, Expo Canada next month, which unfortunately I'm not gonna be able to go to because I'm down in Cannabis MD. But you know, Hefe's Hardin won a couple categories there. I know he's friends of ours. I mean, we got people here that can grow. Yeah, what they, they need deserve to do a chance. Figure out a way. You know, to,
1: you I'm know. gonna, I'm gonna say we do have people that can grow, but that I, it's tough because a lot of the flower that's coming in unregulated, which is fine. I'm cool with unregulated flower. Grow my own. Everybody should. Let's preface it. Everybody should grow their own weed. I think everybody should grow one or two plants. Yep. Everybody should grow their own weed. I take the George Washington stance on it. You know what I mean? Grow your own.
0: But At least a right. half acre. If you to own more than two, right?
1: Because it is tough when we see all of these competitions go out. I've been i I've been in I've been to Expo Camp. I've been to to the West Coast events where all they're they're all getting tested. And it is very disheartening when half the test results come back for heavy metals and mold. You know, we talk about great flour and there was some great flour put in, but half, of you know what I mean? You get half of those entries come back with heavy metal and mold. It kind of continues to push the idea that, man, sometimes people say they know what they're doing and they may not really know what they're doing or finally understand that their practices, Continue to introduce heavy metals and mold into their flowers,
0: and you bring well, up a good point there about testing. Uh, and the state is very hesitant to allow consumers to to open a testing lab to allow. And I know we discussed this on the air to allow consumers to test their own medicine. I know you said it's not cheap. I
1: think the state is really, and I will go back and forth with you on this one because there's nothing that stops an individual from opening a testing lab. Like that's more that's I a think financial that's a thing.
0: That's what we talked about. It's a financial thing, right? Yeah,
1: it's a federal thing more than anything, because if you have a lab and you're taking subsidies
0: from the federal government, then
1: you can't test any cannabis. So we only have one lab in the state testing all of our cannabis currently because they have stopped all funding from outside sources, which means they had to go all in on cannabis. The other labs were unable to stop their federal funding and their federal contracts, so they had to get rid of their cannabis testing. So if somebody did want to spend the million dollars to open a lab and get the mass spectrometers and the equipment and the technicians, they would have to charge for it. You know, we see the example like MCR lab in Massachusetts, they have a Pennsylvania office, they have New Jersey office. Like they have satellite offices, But it would cost a million dollars to open something, you know, and would the community here support that is the next question. As a home cultivator, you have to be willing to test once a month at like two hundred and fifty dollars.
0: And without all the the licensees open yet, there really isn't a need yet. You know, maybe when there is a demand and a need, somebody will take that risk, but right now it's a very big risk in this state. You're right. Are there enough home growers, and can they get enough business from the new licensees to stay afloat? Well, without new licensees open, they, they can't even find out, so you're right. Maybe in the future, Lou, there'll be a demand for it, but you're absolutely right. Who's going to spend a million bucks? And I
3: definitely
1: challenge out to somebody to do it. We yeah. need more testing labs. We absolutely need more testing labs that aren't under the thumb of oh, the
0: federal government. Yeah.
3: I actually a, I'll send it to you, Lou. I got a deck from a woman in New York who's got an idea. and I told her you would get support here. I think you would get support. And there's got to be funding. States, if the state, you know, why don't we have a CCC? You were talking earlier about all the bottlenecks. That's because we don't have an independent council. And if we're not going to have an independent council, nobody cares about the labs. But and now we've
0: got a new position. What's this ombudsman? Who who knows?
3: What's okay, that? It's great. I think we should have somebody speaking up for patients. I hope you so. Know? I think we need, you know, we we're talking earlier about the, the like Fine fettle and Cure Leaf this week had sent out to their dispensary emails. Here's twenty dollars off to come buy anything but flour. We have no flour but <laughs> And I don't go to dispensaries really anymore because I was getting mold in my lungs and mm-hmm. I was using an inhaler. And I spoke at Expo Canada two years ago when a doctor came up and said, you go to a dispensary, don't you? And I said, yes. And he said, stop. And so I try not to. And, you know, more on the edibles and just trying to not smoke as much because the flour is not great here. And I have really bad arthritis. So I need creams more anyway. And I've not been wheezing as a result of not getting that mold, which We have allowed to go from 10 to the third to 10 to the fifth hour. So when That's I'm a whole other issue. I know. And I'm just saying an answer to your ombudsman saying, you know,
0: hook the sister up. I think we need to get that. I agree. I agree. I, if, if it's the right person, you know, and that's always the question with the state. We needed if a social the equity I, council. Look what they put put in there. Who None know, of them
1: it's have any experience. It's be another industry plant because it's going to be somebody, it's going to be a pharmacist, you know, whoever they put in is going to be a pharmacist because they're experts in the field. It's going to be somebody with a mass amount of cannabis information. And that's the tough part, you know. Even open dispensaries, you know, now you have to make your general manager or somebody who's running it ultimately your pharmacist, just because you have to be able to pay pharmacists to be in place for the medical side. Unless it's an adult use location, then if it's adult use, then it's not a dispensary; it's a retail shop. You know, then there are no pharmacists there. Then there are no. They limited- want to change
0: that. Yep. You know about that, right, Aaron?
3: I do. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, that's um, a
0: whole other thing. If you're selling CBD, you got to have a pharmacist?
3: Come on.
0: Gonna open it Come up? Come or- on. They're do gonna, every to single it? small CBD shop will close.
3: It makes no sense. I mean, there's barely a pharmacist at CBS when I go. So it's just <laughs> nonsense. And right. the other thing is, is that, um, you know, they also, some of the stuff I've seen says that they, could have pharmacists off site and that's a way for them not to have to pay people to be general managers. So there's a lot of scheming from a lot of different people on this. Um, again I think you got to be patient centric. We should really worry about that. I hope it's not someone from PharmaLou. I hope it's someone with a veterans background or legal background or healthcare background like a nurse or someone not, you know, or a yeah, or a medical
0: program like a hello. Advocate.
3: Yeah, somebody who knows how to speak back to the legislature or at least let the legislature know what's going on. And then to be able to coalesce people and be able to you know, reach across the aisles, you know, get everybody to coalesce. Because again, um, radical collaboration is the key. That's my motto for this. Yes, that's
0: that that's what I'm talking about, right? And the
3: land of steady habits must be aware of the external pressure of not only surrounding states with great products and lower prices, but the impending issues of interstate commerce and global commerce. And so I think... Republicans can get into the financial aspects. Democrats can get into the freedom and veterans benefits. But either way, I think you should be on board to build Connecticut quickly, far more quickly than we're doing now through various measures that I think they could tackle during this legislative session, including funding. Yeah.
0: And, I, and, you know, I'd love, you know, there, I'd love to see the Republicans actually have a bigger voice um after meeting with them during the legalization battle they actually had some better ideas on how to do legalization they were Great. against they were against commercialization they were for home grow and they were for small business um that's i spoke to Vinny candelaria about it and those were what he said he's and now and i want to just remind people who did this the democrats put this system in okay anyway so
3: that's a conversation for another day because the question was do we pass it or do we uh, yes not do anything and i know lou is in on those discussions and in hindsight it's a lot easier than it was at the time during the pressure we were facing yeah no i agree they are saying you're wrong it up they've screwed it up in in maryland where i can where i i going to say where I commit law, where I practice law hasn't even pulled the social equity lottery they said they do by last week. So everybody's behind. I don't know why they can't learn radical collaboration. Yeah. You know?
0: And also, you know, they've made a ton of money off the weed. Hire more people. Let's go.
3: I wish <laughs> they would because they, they need it. And I support that and I support them. I just think they need to be. Yeah, I mean,
0: if we're going to do it, let's do it right. You know, let's do it right. Connecticut, you know, it's not like we're broke anymore (laughs) let's spend that money and get a good system let's be proud of our cannabis system here in Connecticut I mean when you got articles coming out saying you got shortages you know it doesn't it's not a good look (laughs) no so Aaron, we're almost out of time thank you for
3: having me but tell us how we can get
0: a hold of you uh where we can find you on social media and if you got a website and all that good stuff
3: my website's not great. So I'm going to go with my social media. I'm on Insta at Aaron Gorman, Cannabis Government Strategies. And I'm on LinkedIn, Aaron Gorman, Kirk Esquire. And I'm very uh, active on LinkedIn and be happy to connect anyone with anyone I know. because It's a great community.
0: Right. Thank you so
3: much, everybody. Aaron,
0: it's Appreciate such a you. I'm glad we finally got you on. Thank you. I know it was a last minute thing, mm-hmm. but it worked out Perfect. to jump in.
3: Thank your you. Your
0: wisdom, your insight, your support in the community is always greatly appreciated. And uh, you know, looking forward to great things in the future and some more radical collaboration going on. Uh Appreciate but you. yeah, please uh get in contact with Aaron. Hopefully we'll see you Wednesday night at the Burn and Learn Center. It starts five o'clock if you want to mingle, but the actual presentation is at six. And uh, you can find out about that on all the social media. Burn Perfect. and we're bringing a CT. posse.
3: We're bringing a posse. Bring a posse. Let's got have some fun. Get the food. community together. I'm going to tailgate with Uzma. Okay. And see there's going to be some food there. All right, Aaron. Uncle
0: uh, Uncle Lou, you got any Thank
3: last words
0: for us? Oh, I appreciate everybody. We stay happy, healthy, and high, my friends. All right, and Kristen, any last words for Mot for you?
2: I'm short on words today. Um, no, this was a great show. It's always great listening to Aaron and just hearing what, what a she has great to say. Show, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, no, just hope everyone has a fantastic week and we will be back at it on Monday.
0: How do they get a hold of you if they want that stuff?
2: Uh, oh, yes. So, if you're interested in the case that I have, it has to be gone within the next 48 hours. Um, you can get me classic K-L-A-S-S-I-C underscore Kristen or sugarleaf underscore C-T um, and and I'm need on to Instagram.
0: You're gonna need yes, a truck. you
2: would need a truck. It would All not right. Fit in the so back of
0: put the word out. Let's get that going for Kristen. Not, Take that not case. about. Yeah, it's a beautiful case. Somebody in the community could use it. So please talk to Kristen about that. All right, Harry, you can start the music. I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you Wednesday night at the Burn and Learn Center. We'll hang out, have some fun, eat some food, drink some mocktails.
2: You can always find me at Joe
0: the Weed Guy on Instagram. Uh, at Joe the Weed Guy on Facebook, too. At Joe the Weed Guy all over. I'm-
1: I was going to clean my room until I got high. <laughs> I was going to get up and find the broom, but then I got high.
3: Uh, My room is still messed up, and I know
2: why, Why, man, yeah, cause I got high, because I got high, high. because I got high.